What's up, duck? Oh, all that stuff about Walt Disney being a big Nazi is totally confirmed by this. A bird that is a Hitler bird. Hitler bird, yes. I'm just waiting to wake up with my ass in the air and it's all okay. <laughs> Face down, ass up. Oh, yeah. They, all his little ghosts do enter him through the butt. I don't care how fascist your regime is, I'm not wearing any pants. Please welcome to stage a very special episode. We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode. Shows that suck and shows that blowed. cartoons and remember that grandpa did rim jobs too my grandpa did have a a, uh, a fairly sizable stack of playboys mm-hmm. every object is a possible booby trap some booby traps are more alluring and ingenious than others if you are a poob you will be trapped yeah, i wish the hell you'd shut up We do this gag just for us. I know. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> oh, boy. The podcast is for us at the end of the day. It is. You know? We're not having fun, then what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good segue. If you're not having fun, then what's the point? And when is love fun or when is love just dangerous? And let it be known that sometimes love is a battlefield. That's what we're going to be exploring with you today, dear listener, with Private Snafu Booby Trap from 1943. And this is a Warner Brothers wartime cartoon, but lucky us, with the internet, you don't even have to be in army to watch some really good adult material. <laughs> and this is, of course, a very special episode, and I am your host this evening, Carolyn Maine, and nobody is in the room with me. But far, far away across Middle Eastern camel landscapes, we have Austin Gordon. <laughs> and in an oasis making eyes at a very dangerous artillery, we have uh, David Bitzenhofer. Yeah, my eyes just popped out of their socket. It doesn't work as well in real life as in the cartoons because this is kind of messy at the moment. Yeah. Now, now you're just blind. Yeah, pretty much I'm blind and I'm bleeding out here. So we'll see how long I make it. 
<laughs> Try to clap them back in yeah, or failing that, swallow them <laughs> and see if they go back up or down or if you yeah. can function with an eyeball for a butthole. <laughs> we'll see how well it works. Let's yeah, see. I can finally see out my own ass, right? Right. <laughs> the dream. Uh, yeah, so I I did some research on these. Great. Um, after I watched it, and mm-hmm. I feel like I probably shouldn't have had to have done research, and I should have already <laughs> known about these, but... Um, these are this these are crazy. Like the people yeah. involved in this is, yeah. is insane. Um Dr. Seuss wrote this cartoon. Really? Yes. Oh, he wrote this one? Oh, I'm glad you did research this. You're welcome for the homework, by the way. Because I didn't know that this was an actual Dr. Seuss. That's amazing. I should double check that he uh this is director. Do we know um, what Snafu actually stands for? Yes. All right. What is it? Uh, <laughs> I didn't even notice it was an anagram. Yeah. Situation normal, all fucked up. Oh. Which is a unofficial military acronym. Right, because you can't officially say the F word. Yeah, I guess. Like I don't know. It's like general's clearance. It's a, it's like FUBAR, which is fucked up <laughs> right. beyond all recognition, and uh, TARFU, things are really fucked up. And tofu and fubu. <laughs> but yeah, so like Dr. Seuss and P.D. Eastman, who also, he wrote Go Dog Go. Which oh shit, that's a classic. I, I read it to my son like three times a night right now because he's all about Go Dog Go. What's wrote- up with those dogs? Like, is it a romance thing? The the one in the hat and the guy? What's I, going on? I, seriously, I read it three times at night, and I still <laughs> yeah. have not quite pieced together what <laughs> that book is really all about. Yeah, please let me know. Will they or won't they? Or Yeah. Uh, I remember so, yeah, reading this... that as a kid, and it's just like, it's this wild ride where you get to go with these dogs to this whole dog land. It goes everywhere. It's amazing. So yeah, this whole, there's these whole series of these private snafu cartoons. Mm-hmm that Warner Brothers made for the army under the, like, they were overseen by Frank Capra, who was the chairman of the U.S. Army Air Force First Motion Picture Unit. Damn. And so most of them were written by Dr. Seuss, the future Dr. Seuss, or P.D. Eastman, or Monroe Leaf, all of whom went on to write, like, children's books after the war. All of the Warner Bro- famous Warner Brothers directors, um, like Chuck Jones, and Bob Clampett directed all of these private snafu cartoons, and they were like classified documents. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Until well, and they, and then they got declassified eventually and put in the public domain, which is why you can find them everywhere now. Hooray! Well, well it's interesting that I don't know. We don't have to get all political, but overclassification is yeah. actually a problem that no one really addresses. Which is, it's just easier to classify everything without thinking about it than. To right. actually worry about what needs to be classified, and then you end up with somebody's, you know, <laughs> emails on a public server, and they say there's classified information on it, like there's like enemy or secrets about, right? Yeah, yeah, our internal can. government, and it's like the lunch schedule of a general or something, <laughs> and it's just considered classified for no it's good what reason. What he bought on eBay? Yeah, I know. All my emails classified too, so don't even try it. <laughs> totally classified. Yeah, I had yeah. I had the crack research team poking around on uh on wikipedia Mm -hmm. and it talks about how there's a gal who was who worked at the ink and paint department that's the only place women are allowed to work in Mm -hmm. animation pretty much in the 40s Mm -hmm. and she talked about how they at the 
ink and paint department, they would be fingerprinted and given FBI security clearance. Oh, shit. And they were only given 10 cells at a time <laughs> in order to prevent them from figuring out the content of the story. Of wow. Her. So, like, there was a concern that, <laughs> like, farcical tar- cartoons that were intended to teach quasi-illiterate members of the military important things that the animators would deduce the content of their story <laughs> and then pass that information on to enemy spies who somehow knowing <laughs> that in this cartoon a guy grabs a woman's ass and it turns out to be a bomb <laughs> is going to somehow like shift Spoiler. the scenario of the war such that we have to like classify all of this and have under tight control. Because if Hitler finds out about that ass woman, this whole war is going to hell. Well, they're going to learn what uh, our soldiers can't stay away from. No, no, but let's be honest. There is nothing to be learned from this video. David, how dare you? I learned a lot of things, David. There's no important information either to the enemy or to soldiers or to anybody. David, I re- I specifically requested this for you so that you could learn about boundaries. Listen, <laughs> Carolyn, you sent me a video with booby in the title. <laughs> I watched it and I ended up sorely disappointed. There's, there's no way to uh, sugarcoat just, that one. Just one boob. Yeah. I do, I do love the fact that this is called booby trap and it's about traps, but the U.S. <laughs> Army went to the same juvenile level we all did and actually included <laughs> literal booby traps in yes. their booby trap cartoon that they made for soldiers. That's what makes it awesome. Taking out yeah. just the ridiculousness of the cartoon, how big a deal are booby traps in actual warfare? Like, like, um, Do you mean like prostitutes who murder soldiers? Because I think that's what this was about. Maybe. No, I think that's, a sep- that's probably a separate cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was this one. Well, I mean, it, the, the general concept of, like, you're fighting, you're in the army and you're fighting an opposing army, and they retreat, and so you pursue them, but now you're in their former territory that they had previously occupied, and the idea that, like, you need to be careful because they have may have left traps behind, like, that was a legitimate thing that happened in World yeah. War II. Like, enemies would retreat, and as you're, like, there's the whole scorched earth concept, which is just burn everything to the ground that could be of use, but there's also the, like, let's set up traps so that when the enemy takes yeah, over our true. position, I don't know... I don't know if it was such a big deal that it needed its own cartoon, but <laughs> did they have traps that were camels with free cold well, milk? Yeah, and that's part of the problem is that like the car- the traps that- the examples of traps that they show in this are so comical and exaggerated. Like that's no, either no one's gonna see a camel and with a mine strapped to its undercarriage and be like, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna go suck the milk from that camel and get blown up. <laughs> Which isn't to say that there aren't booby traps, they're just not that obvious. Which yeah, is kind of or the, it's just their whole or they're point. not that, like, contrived, you know? Like, a booby trap you'd probably have to worry about is, like, some sort of, like, tripwire yeah. in a door or something, you know? It's right. not going to be like, oh, there's a water fountain here, and you push the button and it explodes, because that's just way more complicated than anybody's going to spend time on to, like, <laughs> take out possibly one soldier, you know? Yeah. 
And to go back a little bit, can you imagine being in the ink and paint department and like seeing <laughs> a frame of a guy grabbing a bomb titty? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then like being like, this is government secrets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'd be like, what kind of war are they fighting? <laughs> what, what could this document possibly say? <laughs> what can the rest of this possibly be? What is up with Private Snafu? Yeah, so did I was going to ask, did this come out before or after Looney Tunes? Um, kind of during, yeah, right? Because yeah. Looney Tunes has had that long span. This is so obviously, this is, when... this is Mel Blanc, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He's obviously Bugs doing the Bugs Bunny, Bunny voice. <laughs> what was that, Austin? Yeah. I just said Bugs fucking Bunny is private snafu. Yeah. He's the man himself. Like, this becomes a Warner Brothers cartoon when yeah. you hear that voice. But he... It's like 90% of everything, and it's so iconic and distinctive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely, and he's just doing the Bugs Bunny voice, like, it's, there's no... More or less, yeah, and the Snafu guy himself looks kind of like Elmer Fudd, yeah. but also crossed so, with Bugs so Bunny. It's, yeah, it's like Elmer Fudd with Bugs Bunny's voice, which my brain mm-hmm. couldn't really comprehend. Yeah, it's like if they finally fucked and had that baby. <laughs> the sexual tension was uh, finally released. And yeah, yeah. David, to your question about Looney, how this coincided with Looney Tunes, mm-hmm. uh, according to the Crack Research Team, Bugs Bunny himself made two cameo appearances in two different private snafu cartoons, okay. as, as well as Daffy Duck made a cameo in one of them as well. Because Did they all go to the brothel together? Yeah, <laughs> that'll get racy. No, because that whole piano gag is definitely was used in Looney Tunes. And oh yeah, yeah. Maybe multiple times, and that's where I don't know which one came first. But obviously, Mel Blanc or whoever wrote this wasn't uh, adverse to reusing some gags. Oh yeah, no, it's just a best of gag sampler, yeah. basically with like a loose kind of plot, mm. and you have to imagine it was more for morale than like this is an important study document yeah, you soldiers a, need. Yeah, I mean the the any quote lesson you take out of it is just be careful, and so this, <laughs> <laughs> and so I think this was just more like you said, just to boost some morale. It's like a little fun cartoon to show the soldiers so they can hoot and holler at booby traps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so shall we <laughs> gift of time so we open up in like a middle eastern desert and there is private snafu himself the bastard child of girl bugs and elmer fudd mm-hmm. and he's just having a grand old time he has a ridiculous walk cycle and he walks straight into the first booby trap after assuring the narrator that he won't be trapped that he's no boob he certainly is one over and over and over. And the first instance is with a shower. And this is yeah. where the, the narrator makes, imparts our lesson to us right away. If, mm-hmm. if you're a boob, you will be trapped. Yeah. Dun-dun. That's Trump's motto too, though, right? Well, remember, remember that, Dave. You said he didn't learn anything from this. No. <laughs> if you're a boob, you will be trapped. I think he just means a bra, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> different kind so yeah the first trap is a shower or is it a water fountain it's a i think it's a shower i think it's supposed to be like a army shower kind of thing but i guess you could drink it too if you yeah. really wanted yeah. to it's, it's bad enough but then oh no it's it's a total it's a total trap there's a gun there's a big gun right there he almost does it but he's smart enough he avoids that one phew but for how long yeah just a random shower in the middle of the desert way to go <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough one to figure out. I don't know. I guess I could do that for every trap because they're all obvious. 
But he's not <laughs> called Private Snafu for no reason. <laughs> yeah, this is Private Snafu. I mean, a little bit of spoilers. We'll get there. But he's like the guy that after you come back from war, everybody remembers because he didn't make it back. Yeah. <laughs> He's Charlie in Remember Charlie. <laughs> He's the guy everyone remembers because he didn't come back. <laughs> and he kind of wants to die. I mean, that's clear about him. Yeah, well, he wants a lot of things. <laughs> He's the guy who was in the army and didn't have many other options in life because uh, <laughs> his IQ wasn't at the top of the list, so. And yet he improbably did come home. He survived, and he just bumbled his way through it all and made it back. I don't think that's how... I think Carolyn was also right that everyone remembers him as the uh, slow private that uh, <laughs> didn't make it back. Step be a tone forever. He'll be perfect in our nostalgia. Hey, I wish the hell you'd shut up. I ain't no boob, and I won't be trapped. <laughs> I wonder, could this be one of them there booby traps? Mm, could be. Oh, you know what I could really go for right now is a tall, cool glass of fresh camel's milk. Yeah, that's an interesting... <laughs> what the hell is this? <laughs> they were sick of it not being boobies. Well, let me just, if there's one thing I learned about Private Snafu watching this cartoon, <laughs> it was that this dude fucking loves camel milk. Yeah, I mean, I guess if I see a camel, my first instinct isn't to try to milk it. But and I, Yeah, <laughs> really? and that's, I want to be clear here. We're not talking about like, oh, he saw like a bottle of camel milk or like a carton of camel milk. He saw a camel and was like, look at those sweet, sweet udders. Yeah, I got to exactly. get my hands around those udders. And, and yeah, there's a, a neon glowing sign yeah. <laughs> advertising the milk. And and he's like, this looks like a great idea. Wait, <laughs> do you think it's a trap? And the camel even tells him that it certainly probably is. Because someone strapped a mine to the underside yeah. of the camel. Uh, how does this camel <laughs> feel about this? I don't know. And violated it's, and it's not like one of those mines that you like bury in the dirt because they want to make the like nipple joke so it's one of those mines that like floats in the sea so it's like a big round ball <laughs> with like spikes coming out of it and they have that strapped to the underside of the camel so that he can think that like the spikes coming out of the mine are the nipples of the uh, or the udders of the camel yeah and he's definitely fingering those nipples like they're animating the hands really intentionally yeah it's sexual. Yeah, and he touches them very gently and puts it back when he figures out it's a trap. Well, just so just so anyone listening knows that this isn't just our normal re- <laughs> reading too much sex into things. Like, part of the point of these private snafu cartoons was to intentionally make them a little bit randy, a little bit blue, in order to, like, keep the attention of the soldiers as they were watching them. Right? Can you imagine how raucous that must have gotten at screening? Which oh is... yeah, there was like all this hooting and hollering when he's like fingering, when he's like <laughs> massaging <laughs> that camel's udders. If I had a gun, I would shoot it in the air right then. 
But, like, if you're going to go to lengths to make sure that, you know, we need people to pay attention to this, shouldn't you put useful information in there, then? Like, yeah, Shut like, up, don't milk a camel. <laughs> you don't know how to make good cartoons that gotta be about titties. Yeah, though, I get that part of a good cartoon. I'm saying if the army wants you to watch it, you gotta put the titties in, but you might want to also put in something that would help out these soldiers. <laughs> So like a titty that like had a speech about like yeah yeah you, gun you, safety. You, you show the titty is and then you flash to like the proper way to clean your gun and then you go back to the titties you know so they, <laughs> they or, or you tease it and then you go to proper gun cleaning and then you go then you pay it off so you know they're paying attention just waiting on every word until it happens you know. I think we can try to sell this to the government, <laughs> David. I don't think you quite understand just how many camels with mines strapped to their crotches <laughs> were roaming the fields of Europe during World War II. <laughs> the That's European the desert. Thing. Yeah, this is a World War II cartoon, so why are we so Middle Eastern, right? Well, I, I mean, mean there, there was the African theater, and so, oh, I mean, there was... I kind of forget what happened in World War II. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, it was a world war, so it kind of uh-huh. was fought everywhere. Uh-huh. Um, but... This was released, according to the Cracked Research team. How are they, by the way? Are they growing up at oh, all? Oh, they're, yeah. They're growing. They're not growing up because they don't get yeah. enough nourishment to really get taller. And you're giving them the puberty shots to keep them little? He wraps their feet so they can't walk away. Oh <laughs> <laughs> they just scuttle around in the floorboards. <laughs> it's not funny. It's pretty monstrous, actually, you know. Um... <laughs> You know. According to to the monster children, um, <laughs> this was no. You're the monster, Austin. <laughs> don't don't try to pass this on. <laughs> this was re- this was released, which I think means like first shown to the troops um, on January 10th of 1944. So that's like five <laughs> months before D Day. Oh shit! And I don't I don't want to say that like the war in Africa was entirely wrapped up at that point. Um, but it was certainly dwindling, and the Allies were shifting their focus into some kind of a continental invasion and whatnot. So it seems a little bit odd that they would have that this whole thing would take place in a in a sort of stereotypical desert climate. But it wasn't like too far off the mark as far as like soldiers were in a desert fighting for large chunks of World War Two. Yeah, close enough, I guess. Yeah. And America's is always mad at the Middle East. I have so. I have yeah. less of a problem with the desert setting than I camels with mines strapped to their junk. <laughs> well, everybody else loved it, Austin. We <laughs> we had a great time at the screening. Yeah, I enjoyed so it. So then, you know, when a camel like gets you warmed up, but that's not quite the main course. Boy, do I. <laughs> <laughs> And then you see a beautiful shimmering mirage that happens to be a desert brothel full of babes. Well, you go there. Consequences be damned. And see, I was confused why he was so excited by the camel mill. But I totally get why the <laughs> sudden appearance of a harem is appealing to him and would lure him in. Like, that's, w- some, that's good booby trapping, enemy. <laughs> but I'm just confused by why the one female that lured him in because they're all like real women there except for this one that was made out of like bomb titties <laughs> and bomb butts and I'm that's sure the one he honed in real. on and that that was a little uh mysterious <laughs> like, yeah he's got particular taste 
<laughs> so first we just see a building and our guy, he runs right in there because he is living his best life. Yeah. And then we do a pan across just a still drawing of babes. Mm-hmm. And it was very clear that whoever drew that was having a great time. <laughs> yeah, there, there was one because it was sort of like a, a pan across like a bunch of women. And then suddenly mm-hmm. there was like, one woman in the foreground that yeah, was like shadowy heavily shadowed but also very clearly naked and you could and tell like rocket tits yeah like straight, straight out. like poke someone's eye out kind of deal <laughs> yeah uh, it was clear Those suckers are full of camel milk yeah that was another one of those like ooh, they're keeping things randy to keep that soldier's attention right can you imagine being next to all those men when they watched this? Because <laughs> this was like as close. To, well, no, there were Tijuana Bibles since forever. But oh, yeah. We, yeah. There, pornography was harder to get. It wasn't on your phone. So you would watch it in a group of men. Who oh, yeah. Went, yeah. Like, yeah this, uh, kill and die together with. It's so intimate. I've always been a little confused by group porn watching, but. Yeah. That's just Well, me. you're lucky. You're from the 80s. You didn't have to. I know. Yeah, I get that. But even then, like, even when I went to college, there'd be, like, guys who, like, would get around and just. Really? Yeah, pop in a porn <laughs> and watch it together. And you're like. And I'm not even saying they're like, yeah, like, I just didn't understand the appeal. I'll put it that way. Was Austin always inviting you to the group jack-offs and you were like, no, I go to study. <laughs> to be fair, I don't think there's actually group jacking off. But then again, you know, I didn't attend a lot of these uh, viewings or whatever. But... Well, how else are you going to power your crystal, bro? <laughs> <laughs> So anyways, though, yeah, uh, we have all these bodacious babes drawn all pretty in snafus, eyes, bug out of his head because his erection literally knocked it from its socket. Yeah, that's what I took from it. Right? That's how it works. I've I've read a book. (laughs) (laughs) And so there's this great misdirect where he runs all horny right toward a babe, but you know what he really wants is to work on being a pianist. Yeah, he wants to work the... Yeah, it didn't work. I know. I tried to. <laughs> Pianist sounds like penis. Yeah. Right? Thank you. Yeah, that's the booby trap we're dealing with is that great word that they only kind of implied. Yep. And so Snafu goes right to tickling those old ivories, but wouldn't you know, there's this very elaborate <laughs> series of little hands on sticks that are ready to plunge a tiny bait. Well, the dynamite's big. Yeah. But the plunger's very small. So what not... song is that? I... Way down south upon the Pawnee <laughs> River. Is that it? I don't know. I don't know. Now that's all that's going to be stuck in my head. Because <laughs> you can't ever hit the right note at the end, which just happens right? to be the note. See, if they were smart, they'd booby-trap the first note of that song, you know? If why, they were why smart, if they were smart, they would booby trap every key, or just put a bomb in the piano, or have one of those harem women kill him. I don't think the women are alive. We've never seen them move, right? Yeah, that was true. a still drawing they pan through. Later on, they look a bit like mannequins, and we'll get to the object of his affection I'm just in just a moment. That the trap in the piano—it's not quite, but almost Rube Goldbergian in its yes. in, in how complicated it is, and I feel like. A simple, like, mind that detonates when he touches a piano key would have done the trick. But in the true American way, Snafu is saved by his incompetence. USA! USA! And this is the gag that I said that has been on. I mean, I think it's Elmer mm-hmm. Fudd or Yosemite Sam would do that. Like, it, 
Or no, what would happen is they'd set up the trap, then what Bugs Bunny would play, but he'd keep messing yeah. up the notes, so finally they'd have to show him how it's done and, of course, blow themselves up. Waka waka. Right. And that's where I'm like, well, this I've seen this joke before. Get some new material, <laughs> army. It would, I, they don't have to. <laughs> it would be curious, David, to know, like, because I have no idea, like, what specific cartoon that was. It would yeah. be curious to know, like, if this gag was ripping that off, or if they recycled this gag into, like, a later cartoon. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's, it's the same people. I bet that they took this and just made it into a clip show, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they got the assignment and then just, like, gave them a bit of bit yeah. of everything they've had for years after that huge creative burst of all that amazing Warner Brothers work. Yeah, they're just recycling jokes and making that easy, easy army money, right? Army money, baby. What <laughs> and uh, one of the things that uh, one of the benefits to to doing these cartoons, both these cartoons that Warner Brothers did and and Disney did a lot of um, like feature length propaganda animation mm-hmm. stuff for the army too. And because they were producing these, it enabled them to get labeled as essential industries, and then continue to operate during the war. Oh, right, because of rations. Like rations and drafting. You know, so like a lot of their animators didn't have to go off to war because they were deemed as essential to the war effort to stay where nice. they were and keep doing their jobs. And then, of yeah, course... Yeah, cartoonists should get to stay home because our hands are so beautiful. <laughs> and, then, and then, of course, at the same time, it enabled the owners of those companies to keep making money because they were still in business, so when they weren't doing army stuff, they could still continue to do non-army stuff. That's the way you do it for your patriotisms. Mm-hmm. You gotta make some dick jokes and some titty jokes for the troops. <laughs> So after Snafu, because he doesn't have a foil here, he just has a series of traps. Yeah, he's his own foil, right? Nobody else ever interacts with him except the camel, who's long gone, baby. (laughs) (laughs) So after he gives up his piano dreams, there's still something that catches his eye. And is it the titty lady sitting right next to him who's wearing either like whipped cream with a cherry or fried eggs or some kind of other areola defining bralette. Yep. But no, it's another misdirect. He goes straight for the tobacco hookah. Yeah, the hookah. Which also has a bomb in it. (laughs) And he lives, though. He's fine. Yeah. Yeah. How does he? I forget how he survives that one. I think he gets distracted by the booby lady. Yeah, he's about to smoke, and then... Yeah. And then he's like, oh, hey, this lady's wearing nothing but whipped cream around her knockers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to be fair, I do the totally same thing. St- right? <laughs> That's how they get you, David. I wanted you to know. You finally <laughs> needed a sex ed class about safety and precaution and the enemy. And yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't even have to be very, like, uh, elaborate. You could just get, like, a broom and put two basketballs on it, and suddenly, you know, that's enough of a booby trap for me. Literal booby trap. Good to know. I'll keep that in mind when we go for the inheritance of our podcast, and I have to off you all one by one. Did I say that out loud? I don't. A 
What up, America? You might not know it yet, but it is your boy, Shane Hosey, host of the Hosey Hustle Podcast. It's a podcast where me and a guest take product ideas, business ideas from you, the audience, and we punch them up, make them better, and get them out ready for the market. Our success stories include cigarettes for dogs, a rock wrapped in leather, sexy airport luggage, and many more. My guests have included host of the Room of Requirement 237 podcast, Caitlin Warehouser, Portland Sweetheart, Mary Newmare, and frequent contributor to the Cracked podcast, Stephen Wilbur, among many others. You can check us out. We are part of the River City Podcast Federation, and you can find us at SoundCloud at Hosey Hustle. You can find us at Twitter at Hosey Hustle and Facebook at Hosey Hustle. That's H-O-S-E-A-S-E-A. H-U-S-T-L-E, Hosey Hustle. Hey, hope you have good markets, and now I'm going to let you get back to whatever the hell it is you were listening to. <laughs> So, yeah, the titty lady is right there, and he's finally into her, and so she doesn't move at all. This one absolutely is a mannequin, yes? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, totally. Well, he feels up her butt, and it's, like, metal, but that doesn't seem to distract him at all. <laughs> no, he, he really, like, gets into some he's ass into play it. with those two, like, comical bombs that are her butt. <laughs> and I'm like, aren't you a little worried? I mean... Talk about buns of steel, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> it's amazing how he just goes for her and yeah. how she's not alive to, like, <laughs> resist or consent. That's his first thing he's not concerned about yeah. this lady. And, and these bombs. Then he gets to her bomb ass. Yeah. Right, and these bombs, I mean, I'm sure everybody's picturing them as, like, the stereotypical mm-hmm. cartoon bomb where it's, like, mm-hmm. a black circle with the fuse coming out of one side. A fuse that's lit and has presumably been lit this entire time that he's been farting around in this harem. And they're right to do so, because that's exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if I'm the enemy, I feel like this is elaborate to just kill one soldier who would probably do more damage if you just let him stay. <laughs> well, we haven't even gotten to the most elaborate part yet. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Was anybody else really into like the animation of when he cups that ass? Because he goes from one end, and then he goes in between the butt cheeks. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. All the way around. There is some serious ass play going on. <laughs> yeah, like it, it just It's really fun to look at old cartoons and remember that Grandpa did rim jobs, too. <laughs> <laughs> that there's no new sex thing we can think of. They all did it. They totally did it all the time. I don't think it's fun to think about my grandpa doing <laughs> rim jobs, but, you know. You don't think that's fun? I'm not going to judge, Caroline. well that's weird because it seems like you're really judging right now (laughs) (laughs) so yeah he cups that ass and he starts flicking her butthole but it tings because it is a metal bomb hole (laughs) and he's like oh they added something new yeah he's not really worried about it (laughs) yeah he doesn't stop him and then he notices them titties and you know what it's about time we got them fried eggs off of them titties and got them into play too but this girl's titties are the bomb yeah. as well. She she is a literal booby trap. Yep, we got the title right there. This is why we did all this <laughs> storytelling up to this point. 
all these deft plot maneuvers to get to the booby trap. And so he finally realizes that he's in mortal danger and he starts running away. And this is when we come along the most elaborate setup of a murderous brothel you can pretty much imagine. The first door he opens has a mouse trap, then the ground pulls away, and then everything else is bad too for a while. Yeah, he makes it out, though, right? Yeah. There's all sorts of swinging blades and stuff. I mean, heaven forbid they set the moms off, but I like how I'm looking for logic in this. When like, <laughs> literally, it doesn't require logic. Like, that's me being pedantic, let's be honest. You know? Well, but I mean, part of the problem, and we've mentioned this plenty of times already, is it's a silly cartoon and it doesn't need logic, but it's trying to teach an, import, a, an important lesson to somebody and that lesson is how to avoid booby traps and I guarantee you that no soldier who watched this was in any danger of running afoul of a heavily booby trapped harem that had like swinging blades and collapsing floors <laughs> like yes the enemy will leave traps behind to kill you you need to be suspicious and wary of them but there aren't going to be traps like this and so then you just wonder like how useful is this really yeah I mean well I mean you figured out the purpose of this really which was to just keep a uh, business open <laughs> and, and yeah. you know, sell some cartoons to the to the government too. and make some men yell together before they die together yeah exactly and it's just very obvious that either there's no interest or it's just you put in the hands like something that would be quote an instructional tool to someone who knows nothing about the military to begin with just this group of people <laughs> And what do you expect? They're just going to have a goofy <laughs> cartoon. And, and yeah, I suppose. Did the army even care, though? Was it, like, as Carolyn pointed out, was this. this just to boost morale more than anything else? But Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I mean, it was probably part of a entertainment package kind of yeah. thing. I mean, I love how seriously you guys are taking this, and maybe for the World War Three or whatever, you can work on some really practical yeah. Kind of instructionals, mm-hmm. and I'll throw some dicks and tits in there, and we'll yeah. we'll stay we're, on the home front this whole time, guys. We've got we'll really learn down. them soldiers this time. Right? <laughs> Do the gun cleaning, titties. <laughs> the gun egg will be on our face when they all die from a <laughs> bombed broad <laughs> mannequin <laughs> and blade swinging hair. Fried egg <laughs> because of the titty eggs exploding. Yeah. So, so do we want to talk about the most super complex part of this whole death hair? Let's do. So he gets outside, Private Snafu, and he's like breathing a sigh of relief. And then a little hatch in the wall opens <laughs> and a tiny little like wind up Hitler comes it's a, out. It's a cuckoo clock of Hitler and <laughs> it's, it's yeah. adorable. <laughs> That's one word for it. He's holding like a little triangle and then he plays the song that yeah. Private Snafu was trying to play in the piano. <laughs> How is he working that triangle like that, though? I don't... <laughs> yeah, I don't know if the triangle's range is sufficient to really play all those notes. I... Yeah, get your musical instruments right, cartoon. <laughs> so the idea so the idea is, Private Snafu didn't know what the correct note was. Now he's heard the song, so he can run back through the Death Trap harem to the booby-trapped piano and finish playing the song, thus hitting the booby-trapped note. So, to sum up, whomever set this booby trap layered the whole harem full of booby traps, but then, just in case none of them worked, had a contingency such 
that it would then play the song to get the person to hit the note on the piano, meaning they anticipated that whomever tried to play the piano the first time wouldn't be able to hit the right note that triggered the booby trap. Are we sure it wasn't an inside job? Like, I think only another Looney Tune could have thought of that. You're saying Yosemite Sam may have rigged this trap? Do we know what side he was on in this war? I know what side the South was on in (laughs) the other war. History of being on the wrong side of history. The wrong one, yes. (laughs) Yes, but I feel like Yosemite Sam would have been on the... Would have been an ally. Now, Elmer Fudd, I'm not so sure about. What about Sylvester? That's that's an ethnic name, isn't <laughs> <laughs> JK, JK. Are we all right with Daffy? We think Daffy's on the right side? I don't think he's on anybody's side. He's yeah, a moral no. blank. He's yeah. fucked up, man. Yeah, what about no. Marvin the Martian? Like, you know, well, Where are the Martians standing during He wants this to kill us a lot. He says that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> He's so an illegal alien. On the uh, axis. No, I feel like definitely. <laughs> no, I feel like Marvin probably would have been allied with the Soviet Union. Mm. Yeah. Like he would have been fighting with us in World War II, but then quickly turned on us after the after the power shifted in the wake of the war. You know, Donald Duck was on our side. Well, fuck yeah. But but except he might have had a dream where he's a Hitler. Speaking <laughs> of Hitlers. I don't think he escaped the war unfazed, though. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. And again, I'm not a fascist, but I think that, that Cuckoo Clock <laughs> Hitler was really cute. And I could just see it going on all sorts of alt-right Christmas trees. I'm just I'm just amazed at the like multi-levels of foresight that this booby trap harem displays. <laughs> Yeah, they really wanted to get you. And at the end of the day, it came down to the power of song. Yeah. So after Snafu does manage to miraculously escape that elaborate mousetrap board game of an exit, he enters it again to go play the piano, and sure enough, the motherfucker dies. (laughs) Yeah, he plays the song on the piano. Like, everything in this harem had been booby-trapped, and he still is like, eh. Maybe this piano is the one thing that isn't. Well, like, I love when he goes back into the harem. One of the traps, like, as he ran out, was that, like, a series of blades flew out of the door, mm-hmm. creating, like, a, a barrier to prevent him from, like, running through. And yeah, it was, it was like a louver door of blades. Yeah, and so then when he goes to run back inside, he just straight up, like, runs through the blades and shatters them. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> he would have been fine going out that way, apparently. <laughs> And he dies. Yep, he's in heaven. Or <laughs> is he? Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> For now, he's in heaven. The cloud seems upward. Yeah, he's an angel playing a harp, right? Yep. Yeah. And and he's enjoying himself. He's pretty resigned to it. He's, like, ready for it pretty fast. But he's mm-hmm. like, oh, at least I've outlived the booby traps. There's no more here. Until he plays a certain note on his harp. And then he dies. Yeah, he plays the same song on his heart. Then he dies again. God, the ultimate dickhead, right? Do you you think he's going to hell this time? Like, he was going to go to heaven, but if you double die, you go to hell. (laughs) Pretty sure it's in the Bible. Yeah. I think it's somewhere. If thou double dies, thou (laughs) shalt go to hell. Yeah, yeah. And there's a little drawing of this motherfucker. I think it's in Deuteronomy. (laughs) You just wanted to say Deuteronomy. I started word? it, then I was afraid I was going to fuck it up. So. Did he do it right? I can't I tell. I think so. Great. 
great. I don't know. What do I look like? A Bibleologist? <laughs> you do look like one. Yeah. <laughs> Douche. Douche. Oh, and so right here at this death moment, uh, there's this really great story about Mel Blanc I wanted to walk you guys through. Have you heard about when it was 1961, Mel Blanc was in a near-fatal car accident? No. I think I remember hearing this. Keep going. He had a triple skull fracture, and he was in a coma for two weeks, and they were thinking he was going to die. So the doctor kept being like, Mel Blanc, Mel Blanc. And he wouldn't come back. But then he said, Bugs Bunny. And the motherfucker popped out of his coma in a split second and said, What's up, Doc? (laughs) In character. Yeah, I have heard that before. That's what fucking Bugs Bunny meant to Mel Blanc. Can you imagine being that talented voice actor who is in charge of so many cartoons and just breathing that life into it? And it being so connected to your soul that it pulled you back from... Heaven or hell or wherever Mel Blanc was going at the time. <laughs> I think Mel Blanc was going to heaven. But what if he died along the way? I know. Well, I think he knows enough not to play that one note. <laughs> you think heaven's just filled with musical instruments and it's just that one note? Like on any, and like it's always like somebody's trying to trick you into playing that one note. <laughs> I mean, if you live the Looney Tunes life, yeah, I think <laughs> it's a Looney Tunes heaven for sure. I just feel like Private Snafu would have been fine if he just stayed out of that suspiciously convenient harem. <laughs> and maybe, maybe that's the lesson we've got along the way. So yeah, let's go around and what special lesson or what was a special moment you found in this very special episode of Private Snafu Booby Trap, starting with Austin Gordon. Um, well, I learned, first and foremost, that if you're a boob, you will be trapped. That's true about boobs. Um, no, I, this was fun. I'm glad you, I'm glad you had us do this, because I was not aware of these, and I remain endlessly fascinated with this whole, like, sub-industry of entertainers working for the army to churn out propaganda during World War II. Like, between these guys, Disney did it, and, like, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby were both in the army, like, writing comic book stuff for the army. Like, I would love to read a book just all about the various entertainment titans that, like, managed to turn patriotism into profit and keep their studios open during World War II. Yeah, it's very interesting when war and nationalism and the pop culture collide like this. Yeah. I love there's a note in the, in the Wikipedia page about these and how uh, Dis- the army went to Disney first to create these and he demanded 
ownership of the characters and merchandising rights to them. <laughs> and oh, so shit. they were like, thanks, no thanks, and then went to the Warner Brothers guys. And I just love the fact that, like, Disney is a company known for shameless merchandising, but I have to give them credit for having always been that way yeah. from, like, day one. Like, oh, that is got like, a Disney, you know? Like, it's just not, like, that's, like, a modern invention of, like, corporate Disney. Like, Walt Disney for day one was just like, I'm going to market the shit out of everything. That's Walt for you. Yeah, we'll get into him maybe in just a moment. But I don't think I got to say it in the live show that did you know that Walt Disney was in the army and he killed some people in the army, obviously. But he also ended up, I read his autobiography, he ended up killing one guy in a polo match. Mm, I did. Hmm. I did know that. Yeah. Horses and mallets. Did you know that he also inadvertently, somewhat, admittedly, killed his own parents? Yes. (laughs) Good for you. David, did you know that? No. Now you know. Uh, Walt finally got to do that childhood dream thing where you buy your parents a dream house. But this dream house had the nightmare of carbon monoxide (laughs) and it gassed (laughs) both of his parents to death in their sleep. Yeah, I read a uh, I read a Walt Disney biography a few years ago. Great! Uh, I bet we read the same one. Probably. Yeah, different library. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't think we read literally the exact same <laughs> yeah. copy, just different <laughs> copies of the same book. Would be so unlikely. Yeah. Yeah, it really would. But so that's Walt for you, mm-hmm. uh, and and like Walt. Mel Blanc and all these other amazing cartoonists, Dr. Seuss himself, the go dog go motherfucker, <laughs> all those dudes. So good. And uh, personally, I will absolutely admit more of an affinity for the old Warner Brother cartoons are just fire. They're money. They're brilliant. They're amazing. <laughs> and Disney next to it looks like neutered nonsense baby garbage. <laughs> go on record as saying that. I want to see that as a pull quote on one of their <laughs> DVD boxes sometimes. So far, they haven't asked me to be one of their little experts. But. I can't I can't imagine why not. <laughs> it is true that I really can't recall many old Disney cartoons. They all just would, like, play a cow yeah. as an instrument like, and then, like, <laughs> dance with a flower. Yeah. Not even with titties. Like, I've Nothing. seen, like, Steamboat Mickey, which is exactly. basically what you're... Or, exactly. Yeah. One time he like pulled Steve down a cow's Willie, Willie yeah, that's a cow's shirt, and no, the cow didn't wear pants, and it was like a lady cow with like the same level of consciousness as Mickey, and he like grabbed her udders, and then that cartoon was banned forever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was spicy. No, remember, they didn't get away with anything. Do you remember the Goofy skiing stuff, David? Oh, like the '60s when Goofy came in, he was a straight up monster. Those were he used to smoke. There was, like, a thing where his wife was fucking the mailman. It was awesome. Clarabelle Cow. Was cool. <laughs> was he? No, Goofy didn't marry Clarabelle. I thought they were an item, though. Maybe, in the old days. <laughs> I mean, I thought, like, she was his counterpart, like, Daisy yeah. to Donald and, and yeah. Mickey and Minnie to Mickey. I think you're right, in, like, the 20s. And then, like, he had just, I don't I think he had, like, another dog woman who was the mother of Max. You never see her, though. She just dies. Somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, no, the, the Warner Brothers stuff are definitely like much more like kinetic and, yeah. and gag oriented than yeah. the Disney, like the Silly Symphonies and all of that. Really powerful work. We got derailed a little. David, what was a very special moment and what was a very special lesson? 
Uh, I think a very special moment would have been when he felt up the metal butt. I mean, yeah, that's mine too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The fact like... he was all in, like, eh, this is a little hard for a butt, but whatever. This is some action I'm getting here. He like uh, still went for it. Yeah, yeah. And what I learned is that be warned that uh, not every video on the internet with booby in the title will actually uh, show you boobies, you know? <laughs> I was disappointed. That fried egg titty bra yeah. thing wasn't enough? Yeah, I didn't do it enough. Not enough. Not enough. Well, you... I mean, a little. Let's be fair. <laughs> what Just about not the... enough. What about the foreground lady with, like, really perky <laughs> nude breasts? Yeah. That was... <laughs> <laughs> what about that grandpa what about it all those men just shooting the guns right in the air. Yeah. i do wonder about what the scene would have been like with this group of horned up men watching it. Like, <laughs> right like how much hooting and hollering would there have been i suppose and like i have to give them some credit that like this wouldn't have been as Hornifying for them as like an actual like stripper or dancer or like anything that was more real, you know. I know they had yeah real reality, but this had to like achieve something, which makes it hilarious. Yeah, well, I'm assuming they're. I'd say they're horned up because I'm assuming it's been a while for all the men, you know. You know. Exactly. Yeah. Of even like seeing women, basically, you know. Right. Yeah. Then all of a sudden they get these really horned up drawings. It's yeah, like... and you know, at that point, yeah, you're looking at two pineapples together and you're getting horned up. So. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I learned about myself that I'm a little too into Hitler cuckoo clocks. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to suppress that. <laughs> and stay on the right side of history. Yeah. And history is a daily thing. And I learned all about how you can use the government to keep you from having to go to war if you can draw horny bomb asses. Yeah, only if you allow the government to show the horny bomb asses. Yeah, and only them, and you don't ask for exclusive horny ass merchandising rights. Yeah, I mean, I feel, Carol, I think you're you're in pretty good shape for the coming wars, because, I mean, you you can just write, like, you can give the army cartoons about, uh, like, STDs and yeah. things like that, and and you won't have to go to war. You guys join up. Give me some gun instructions on like how to plant <laughs> millet. I'm not sure it's really going to come into play, but let's <laughs> let's low key get on this. Like how you assume I know anything about guns? <laughs> <laughs> well, you acted like you knew how this should be better, David. <laughs> I just threw the first thing I could think of, which was like, I think you have to clean them, which. <laughs> May may or may not be true. It's going to be a great masturbation metaphor. I think you just fill up a tub with some soapy water and you throw the gun in there, and that's probably good enough, right? I think we're ready for that government money. (laughs) So, for save... No, 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 no. Yeah. (laughs) So, for a very special episode, uh, I am your host this evening, Carolyn Maine, reminding you, that if you are a boob, you will be trapped, and you will trap that ass, and that ass is the bomb. Diggity. Bomb diggity. So, for a very special episode, you may find us at a very special episode, podcast.com. 
avsepod at Twitter, slash it's on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and Google Play. And you may find us and our whole podcast federation at the RiverCityPodcastFederation.com. And we are avse at gmail.com if you'd like to comment and say any shows you want us to do in the future. We're going to compile a list. And please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and give us all those nice points for all of these great episodes. And Austin Gordon, when you aren't watching Grandpa's pornography, where are you online? His grandpa did have pornography. Yes. <laughs> My grandpa did have a a, uh, a fairly sizable stack of Playboys mm. down in uh, down in the basement. Uh, and you'd have jack off parties. Yeah, I just I'd invite all my friends over and we would just like look at porn and be like, "Yeah, boobs are awesome, right?" So yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter, uh, milking camels at Austin <laughs> Gordon, and you can read my writing at therealgentlemanofleisure.com. And David Bissenhofer, when you aren't crying and listening to Austin's jack-off parties with a cup to the door, where are you online? Uh, well, sometimes it's the same time. I'm usually tweeting about how Austin's <laughs> having jack-off parties. <laughs> Last I can only, Yeah, I'm, oh, oh, I'm hearing some moaning. <laughs> Hope they're turning the page. Uh, <laughs> uh, at Twitter, at Dr. Bits, that's a doctor spelled out. And you can find my writings at therealgentlemanofleisure.com. And for me, your host is Evening. You may find me at www.carolynmain.com. C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-M-A-I-N, like the street. Carolyn Main on Facebook. Carolyn Main at Twitter and on Tumblr. And so forth. Saved by the bell roof. No! <laughs> no! <laughs> So, for a very special episode, I am your host this evening, Carolyn Main, reminding you that if you are a boob, you will be trapped, and you will trap that ass, and that ass is the bomb. Diggity. And stay tuned for a very special live River City Podcast Federation launch with myself, Ryan Alexander Tanner, and Terry Braz. Coming up next, De Fuhrer's Face. <laughs> podcast up i'm so excited to bring up here y'all are gonna love it so goddamn much it's so fantastic uh it's a podcast where they take kind of the psa episodes of shows from all time really 90s is fun but we did that for a while uh and they break down like you know why you shouldn't do drugs or don't do drugs it's mostly drug stuff um <laughs> that the people in shows were against uh but they're gonna come up and they're gonna record an episode so again we want all your laughter and clapter and that stuff is all rad uh and just give them so much love are you ready for the first episode are you ready for this right now this is gonna be so amazing i want you to lose your minds and again we're recording so just give them all your fucking noise right now and please welcome to stage uh, a very special episode
thank you, and welcome to a very special episode, River City Podcast Federation Live. Thank you. Thank you, yourselves for being here. This is amazing. Usually they don't let podcast hosts outdoors. Wow, thank you. So uh, a very special episode deals with not just drug episodes. There's also a lot of pedophilia episodes. There's a lot, a of, lot of pedophilia episodes. We're going to try to walk away from that for a couple laps. See how we but can like, go. When we're looking <laughs> yeah. for episodes to do, yeah, there's so many about boys, sex with boys. Yes. Yes. Like an over like you said they're all about drugs, but we found one or two about drugs. We could use more drugs and a little less boy sex. Overabundance frankly. of boy sex. Why why did you ask me here? <laughs> Hi well, Terry. Terry, hello, welcome. Hi. Let's go around and introduce ourselves. Oh, I am Carolyn May and your host this evening of a very special episode. Thank you. Woo. And with me as per some of the time we have Ryan Alexander Tanner, that's me. You don't have to apply. You can, though. Is it because I'm in front of the Nazi drum that I didn't get that? We're not condoning this. We're saying what's wrong with it. Yeah, yeah. And also, our very special guest this evening is the very amazing Terry Blas. Hi. What do you want me to say about myself? Uh, Anything you'd like. Let's say what we do. We're all cartoonists. Terry, what do you draw? I I draw comic books. I just did a book called Mama Tits Saves the World. Sounds amazing. Um, And um, like regular show, Adventure Time, stuff like that. Great. Uh, And Ryan, what have you drawn lately? Lately? Oh, I just did a comic for the New York Times. He did. And it was all about... It's about miscarriage. Which is a different, very special theme. Yeah, you know, I try to keep all my uh, work aligned, you know, like... (laughs) important issues and this shit yeah yeah no this is going to be very important and I have developed a card game pitch please you'll be seeing that later so tonight without further ado we're going to be delving into a very special episode that may or may not be relevant to current events (laughs) for no reason so those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it may you live in very interesting times And above all else, fascism is foul. That and other things are what we're going to be going over tonight in a very special episode, De Fuhrer's Face, a 1943 Academy Award winning, the only time we've ever touched anything that's ever won any award ever. That is true. (laughs) We're titching it, and we're getting deep in that cloaca. This is... (laughs) Very deep, very cloaca. This is a very special episode that came out and is anti-fascism propaganda. But what happens is Donald Duck ends up doing the Sig Hail 50 times. Like, like more lot, than 50 yeah. times. Several hundred well, what's times. What's weird about it for the first half is it seems like a very pro-Nazi uh, <laughs> Disney cartoon. And I never Yikes. heard of this. And you told never us heard to of a it. pro-Nazi Disney cartoon? <laughs> I heard that was a thing. But I had, I was like, how did I not know about this? And then for the first half, you're like, oh, all that stuff about Walt Disney being a big Nazi is totally confirmed by this. But it may have all been a dream. And it may have all been a bad dream. Yeah, exactly right. So let's see. We open on this still behind us where there is a Nazi marching band. And each member is very specific. There's some racial caricature. Let's see. I haven't written down here. We've got Joseph Goebel on the trombone. 
Heinrich. I love how they're introduced like a band like Heinrich yeah. Himmler on snare drum. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Featuring Heinrich Himmler on snare drum. We've got the whole axes of evil here, and that's axes as in guitar riff. <laughs> oh my god, so we're getting laughs. This is like we have a laugh track now. I love it. I know, we're usually just doing this like in someone's room. This is the first time we've all worn pants while recording. In a long time. In a long Thank time. Thank you for the pants applause. We almost didn't. But we're always drinking. That's true. Yeah. Or smoking if it's a weed episode. Oh, I thought we were being discreet about that. Oh, no, I wasn't. Do you hate it when you're sleeping in your bed and there's just a big Nazi march outside and it wakes you up? I literally hate that. If there's one thing I hate about the Nazis is that they wake you up when you're sleeping. <laughs> and, right? And they do. Uh, and you've got Tojo on sousaphone. You've got Herman Goring on Piccolo. 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 <laughs> Let me be in a band. <laughs> and Benito Mussolini on bass drum. Bass drum. Bass drum, right? On the bass drum. On the bass drum. Uh, next slide, please. And so here you can. Yes, this is the unfortunate part. Tojo racial caricature, right? It's it works for me on everybody but Tojo. I don't mind the other two as much, but here they are. Well, you can draw white people however you want. Thank you. It just doesn't matter. (laughs) Thank you. I try. I try to draw white people however. However you want. Yes. And it's weird how different we make different races look when we're in a war. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's just important to present the material we in no way condone it. But here is a point of history. Here is Donald Duck is woken up by this band of racial caricatures to have a full Nazi lifestyle. This has happened. And Disney has like suppressed it a little, but you can still find it because it's like controversial and also timely. So yeah, the band wakes up Donald and he is forced to read Mein Kampf at his breakfast table. But I I think it should be noted that it's four o'clock in the morning. Oh, good no, I can't read clocks. There's, there's literally swastikas on everything, and everything yeah. is a swastika. Yes. So his clock face, yeah. all the numbers are just swastikas. And then, what the time p- is it? Is it swastika? Swastika clock. And then the cuckoo clock that wakes him up is a bird that is a Hitler bird. Hitler yeah. bird, yes. <laughs> so, so Hitler is kind of like the perfect cartoon. Love him or hate him? This is a. D- <laughs> he and hate him. We don't please. know. We don't know this room. We don't know where you guys stand on Hitler. <laughs> so we no, don't but I assume anything. <laughs> he was a perfect cartoon. Doctor Seuss couldn't help but remark on that. And it's always been very true. And now maybe just maybe there's another Donald Duck, Donald Trump. Something's in play where there's another amazing, terrible cartoon that is in charge of things in this interesting time. Just like iconically grotesque. Yes. Yeah. The worst thing you could look at is on TV all the time these days. It's just very weird because I, I read that the original title was Donald Duck in Nutsy Land. Oh. And, and like the telephone poles are swastikas. Mm-hmm. There's like topiaries that are pretty little swastikas. Yes. <laughs> like it's it's very bizarre and I guess they changed the title because of the song that they're playing. Yeah, so they are playing De Fuhrer's Face, which you might know from Spike Jones, who popularized it. It was uh, number four on the U.S. charts at its peak, and you might have heard it in Dr. Demento. So that's the main theme of this song that we're repeating. Can we get the next slide, please? 
So, uh, Mein Kopf, yeah. Donald Duck, I just want you to know that this happened. For your morning, for your morning scripture reading. <laughs> your morning Bible study. Wait, is, I thought he was reading The Art of the Deal. <laughs> is this before or after he has breakfast? This is right before. So first okay. of all, he gets woken up by a splash in the water at Nazi clock yeah. in the morning. And then he has to read Mein Kampf, and he looks around all cagey and greedy-like to find his rations, which he keeps in a safe behind a Hitler portrait. So I thought this was really... Um, dated stuff that we weren't born yet for because mm-hmm. like uh, his rations or he's eating like wood yeah it's wooden, it's like bread, wooden bread that he or has to saw through with aroma saw. of bacon and eggs but I want like that it's like a spray that I mean like, I would wear it yeah but, like, he eats it. but I would feel like I would lose 10 pounds in a month if I could just spray <laughs> bacon and egg spray in my mouth so Hosea Hustle let's get some bacon and egg spray coming up for us and our Tinder dates thank you and yeah, so we're going through the rations, and it's amazing to see Donald Duck in the uniform. He still does his pantsless signature look. Yeah, I love that, that he's yeah. wearing a Nazi uniform and still no pants. Cloaca out, lifestyle. He's not covering his dick even no, for Hitler. Not for you or anything. The shirt is well ironed, but the dick is out. I don't care how fascist your regime is, I'm not wearing any pants. <laughs> I think he'd just look weird in pants. I've never seen him wear pants. <laughs> right? Well, he has to wear swim trunks. You have to, if he's not wearing a shirt, he has to wear pants. But if he's wearing a shirt, he doesn't have to wear pants. True. Like us usually, except for now. <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, the Nazi band comes back in and they stab Mein Kampf with a knife. And then at knife point, they drive Donald Duck to the factory where he has to work I Love Lucy style all the time. <laughs> Next slide, please. Oh, here's his one bean. It's like, it's like a tea, but he dips it like a tea bag. Yeah, like, tea bag. Oh, that's what the, I couldn't tell what that was. It's a coffee bean. Because I was on my computer low screen. Res. And it was yeah. low res. That yeah. makes me really, really sad. I was like, what are those pixels that he's dipping into the water? But no, it's, it's, a, it's coffee a coffee bean. bean. Okay. Yeah. Right. We're okay. learning together. Right, right. Uh, next slide, please. Here I we like, are. I like the live recordings because you can really hear when you're not funny. Yes, it's great. <laughs> it's great to take a note. <laughs> So he has to march underneath the band. They put the drum on him, the Nazi band. And then he has to goose step, duck step at knife point all the way to the factory, zig heiling the whole way. And when you hear Donald Duck and Donald Duck voice saying, Duck heil! I couldn't do it. But if you hear that, it's wild. But he does it like... A lot. That's most of what is going <laughs> like, on. That's most, of, that's most of what happens in this cartoon. Absolutely. Because well, when he's working on the conveyor belt, uh-huh. not only, they're not only making him put caps on shells, but also he has to salute pictures of Hitler, Hitler as they go by. On the conveyor yes. Belt. He has to stop work to salute so the like Hitler. Lucy is like shoving the chocolates in her bra yes. and like everything. He's like, uh, uh, like it's, really, it's really bad. It is literally But I just kept wild. thinking about the voice actor in the booth. <laughs> like, if they made him just record it once and put it on a loop, or if he, like, did it a thousand times. <laughs> I think they made him do it a thousand times. Because that's how you get him worked up, I'm pretty sure. And I heard, and he went to home that night, and he slept like a baby. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. If only this were a dream. So, Donald Duck is working on the factory. Next slide, please. And... Zig Heiling, the Hitler, and the bullets, and it's getting increasingly wacky. But he still has to do this at the same time, so it's like, it's like Lucy and Charlie Chaplin. Yes! (laughs) Modern times, like, all at the same time. And the Chaplin-Hitler thing, whatever that was. 
Yeah. It happened. The mustache. So he has to do all this and keep it on track, and the Germans are yelling at him and then banging that drum and playing the Führer's face, which gets catchier and catchier. And there's the line, are we not the supermen, super duper supermen? Would we leave here if we could? Yeah, we'd leave here if we could. So even they're admitting that they're suffering under this regime, but they're still like banging the drum and getting the work out of everybody. Well, I noticed that he's really not like an appreciated worker. No, but they feign appreciation. They give him the fake working vacation. Oh, yeah. Are we going to see that? Yeah. Next slide. I think it's there. Oh, Oh. just more knife play. (laughs) That's not his vacation. He's engaging in edge play and knife play. (laughs) Germans got into weird shit, you guys. Uh, yeah, he's just whenever he fucks up and he's Donald Duck and he always fucks up, he's at knife point and this is how it is working in these factory conditions. Next, please. What is the most magical musical? What is the spookiest sitcom? What is the sexiest seven? These are the important questions we ask every Wednesday on Bracket Royale. Hi, it's Chris Hottamy, the host of Bracket Royale, and on this show, I'm joined by two cool guests to debate, discuss, and discover what's the deal with all these topics. We use a handy-dandy bracket and have a lot of fun and fury. So check us out, and when you listen, you will find the answers you've been looking for. Okay, yeah. Oh, what that is? <laughs> that's, 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 that's Donald Duck serving you Nazi realness. It is. I just don't remember that. It's kind of like a weird antic. That's where he's all squiggly. It's the beginning of his mental demise. So he gets a paid vacation where he has to like walk like an Egyptian and do swastika poses. Oh, I thought that was like craft work. <laughs> well, like a craft okay. work dance. Yeah, I think it would think up. They lower yeah. like a painting of the Alps. Yes. And then in it's front of it, vacation. I wrote down that he does yoga, kung fu, swastika poses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think we all have a valid read on that. Yeah, so that's it's his... really weird. That's his vacation. Yes. His paid vacation is a forced exercise. And whenever he fucks up knife point. So here is an antic of when he's going through the madness. He's had too much here. He's punching himself in the face on the assembly line and freaking the fuck out. We didn't see him take drugs but if you want to assume he's on something here, Well, that's he fine. had that bean. Yeah. <laughs> what was in that bean? That coffee bean. <laughs> Imagine not being able to drink coffee until you're like 25 because you're raised Mormon. No. <laughs> and you're also Mexican, so at the same time, you're like, half my people created this drink and the other half are like, it's a sin. That's complicated, <laughs> Terry. How are you dealing with that? I drink coffee every day. That's how. Uh, just like one bean that you dunk? <laughs> no. All right. Well, thankfully, we're in the several beans part of life. I hope we stay there. Uh, did you just throw a bean joke at me? Like a mat? Oh. oh, Carol, did oh, you no. do that? When oh, no. When we're why, no? why don't you just throw your hand up, Carol? No, I, I'm being dragged off the stage. Literally, when Donald Trump was running for office, I was like, if he gets elected president, not to take it there, I'm like, and sorry. He did. I was like, I'm Mexican and I'm gay, so just point me towards the nearest concentration camp you want me to go to, because I'm not going to know which one. <laughs> I'm would, supposed to be in. I would like to be nearby Terry. <laughs> if they could remember not, that we're on honestly, this. I would not, honestly. And I'm sorry. And it's not because oh, I don't love you. But oh. I don't want to go there. 
Well, well, we'll see you in the weird tall guys camp, Ryan. I'll be in. I'll be in white. You'll man, get sent to uh, Nutsyland to put <laughs> artillery shells. No, I'll just be at home. All right. You can work on the shells until you have a mental breakdown. Next slide, please. Okay, yeah. Oh, this is my this favorite awesome, thing. Yeah. Beautiful, ever. beautiful work. I think they stole some animation from Dumbo's pink elephants. They totally did. I wrote Which it's a full. It? He's going into full-on exhaustion-induced Dumbo pink elephants on parade-style fever dream. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to be there. That's my favorite place. But this is like the the drunk elephants are now like these anthropomorphized bullets. Yes. that like are coming for him to kill really him. Cool. Yes, and it was recycled Snake animation bullets, from bird Dumbo. Bullets, Hitler bullets, yeah. every kind of bullet, just a bullet grinding <laughs> the face of, of duck kind. <laughs> but like, there's bullets that are like snakes, yes. and then there's bullets that like they're like a Matryoshka doll bullet thing. Yes. It's really weird. It's about fascism, and I think. This is really amazing that Disney took the time to like show how terrible it is to be a Nazi. Cause well, he didn't really take the time. He just recycled animation <laughs> from Dumbo. <laughs> but if you're going to recycle animation, Dumbo is the best joint. I'm sick of that little dance they do. Pink elephants all the way That's forever. Awesome do you realize that in <laughs> that the scene in Dumbo... Him getting drunk is what makes him realize he can fly. Like, that's not a very good message to send to children. <laughs> like, he, he and Timothy wake up in a tree, and he's like, oh, my God, you, you can fly. They, and they're hung, totally hungover. I would also like to point out that he's a clown baby who gets drunk for the first time. Dumbo is truly the most tremendous Disney film of our lifetime. That's what they did when the main animators were working on Bambi. That was what was going on in Lot B. It's amazing. So back to Donald. Yeah, what were we talking about? Bullets. <laughs> His dream. Nazi bullets, yeah. He's so is this a dream within a dream? Yes. Yes. Okay. And we'll get there starting right now. So he explodes into a million tiny half opacity Donald Duck floating ghosts after all the bullets rip him asunder, after war tears apart Donald's inner self. He fractures. Next slide. I have to say, though, that I was shocked that he didn't explode into a million little swastikas. Oh, yeah. I, know, like, oh I was literally shocked. I was yeah. like, what a missed opportunity in this animation. <laughs> That's a great point. You should work for the next Disney anti-swastika. You should be a consultant to let people know when they could put swastikas in where they left them out. But actually, Only if it's a picket fence around Donald Duck's house. Yes. And, uh, Which is in the, in the right? animation. Yes. Speaking of the exteriors, uh, Donald Duck's house previously was, the whole house was shaped like Hitler. It was like eyeball, eyeball, mustache door. And now here, yes. It's amazing. What a great cartoon Hitler was. And <laughs> Love him or hate him? We hate him. Here's the very lovely Nazi factory exterior. This is the dystopia, but at least there's like an industry in this civilization. I know, we're getting shit done, you is know. This a little town? Yeah. But it's like a green bad town. So. Okay. And it probably right. says sex in the clouds. Somebody checked. That looks like a butt for sure. Yeah. Those are boobs right there. Oh, oh my God. Look at like those dirty a, clouds. A tit or an ass or a dick. Great, great, great. Can you guys leave me alone with these clowns for a minute? Yeah. We'll let you work this out. Everyone cover your eyes. I'm just going to look at these clowns. Next slide, please. Wait. Oh, oh actually. <laughs> Is this going to work for you, Ryan? That's I think right. I see his cloaca. Yeah, he's presenting yeah. for the second time. Yeah. Oh, I am remiss to point out that earlier when the line of bullets on Hitler's was going down, he presented a Heil with his... With his, his ass. With cloaca. Because the portrait was upside down. Oh, is that <laughs> oh, yeah. why? Yeah, and he was like, 
Uh, and then he flipped he up his yeah. He put his yeah. duck butt and then his tail up. He was presenting. It was a very special hile. I also think it should be noted that at the very beginning, they tell him that they hope he's ready for his 48-hour a day shift. Yep. Oh, shit. But this is literally how I felt after a 48-hour day shift at Ikea like five years ago. <laughs> Shopping or working? No, working. Oh, that's even worse. How do you get out of here? How do you get out of here? Where's the exit? How do you get Wait, out of here? I can like, never leave. You felt like face down, ass up? Oh, yeah. That's what I'm seeing. This. this is for radio, but Donald Duck's sleeping in a bed and Uncle Jam... Uncle Jam. Uncle oh. Sam Pajamas. Oh, um, Uncle Jamas. He just looks like he's waiting for someone to come and spend some time with him. You know, it's, it's a very special position. It's a cloaca out welcoming yeah. to the day, but he's also having nightmares. He just looks very receptive. Yes, very open to whatever's going to come. To new experiences. Mm-hmm. And you can see his little half opacity swastika zigheiling self entering himself and they all his little ghosts do enter him through the butt. Yeah. Which is what happens when you wake up from a dream. <laughs> and I want you all to know that your finally. Your spirit self comes in from into your butt. In the butt, out the butt. Yeah. Or in the mouth, out the... You know, either yeah. way. There's plenty of holes. So, <laughs> so here we have Donald waking up from a nightmare. The nightmare of the bullets and the Nazis and the problems. And he's presenting and he absorbs himself and becomes. But he has an ominous shadow to the side. Oh, no. Is it still Nazi America? Or is it? Next slide. Oh, it's Lady Liberty in the window casting a shadow. She's holding her arm up for the right reasons. So wait, I want to I want to talk about this a lot. Uh-huh, great. Because <laughs> So he wakes up and there's like a shadow of a Nazi salute. Yes. And then it's really just the Ominous. Statue of Liberty's shadow. Yes. What do you make of that? What do you <laughs> I can't figure out the symbolism. I guess it's better. I guess it's better. <laughs> and is, there, is there a correlation there, though? Is what I'm saying? Well, like there is now, which we all have to watch out for. Or like for. every eight Symbols years, change. for about eight years, there's a correlation. Yeah. You know, you know. yeah, you gotta watch out for it. And what do symbols mean? Well, Lady Liberty once meant that we were cool with France and immigration in general. Yeah. And I hope that sticks around to an extent. <laughs> to, to what extent? <laughs> to, to as big of an extent as I can get. But we'll see. So I found it very interesting about this very special episode how Disney was doing swastikas and zigzagging. Yeah. But for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. At the end of the animation, he's, he like hugs the statue. Yeah. Right? And he says like, like, good old U.S. Like, quack, boy, quack. am I glad to be yeah. a citizen of the United States. Yeah. Yes. And can you, so we haven't gotten to wake up glad to be a citizen of the United States since the election. It's just been this terrible reverse dream of what's happening. Well, you know, this is April 2nd. Yes. And yesterday, I've had, a. there's been a bunch of landmarks where you're just waiting. Like yesterday, I was like, any minute now, it's just going to be like April Fool's. No, April Fool's is redundant this year. I'm just saying in terms of uh, political regimes, I just keep waiting for there to be some... inciting incident you're definitely going to a camp i'm just waiting to wake up with my ass in the air and it's all okay (laughs) i think that's the best we can do as america right now and yeah so cartoons and fascism cartoons and war Uh, there's pepe the frog now which Uh the alt-right has taken as a mascot even though he's just a chill bro from his comic strip, he was totally fine and has become terrible. Well, and this isn't the only Disney propaganda cartoon, and there were a ton of Looney Tunes that were propaganda as well. Yes, Mm -hmm. and Popeye, whoever he was, Fleischer, 
Everybody took a stab at all of the axes of evil's various ethnicities. Thank you. Bugs Bunny was a war veteran and a drag queen. Yes. <laughs> he's, <all laughs> he's like the best drag queen. No one first, made everyone hornier at the same time <laughs> than girl Bugs Bunny. But yeah. no more fun. <laughs> and Donald Duck has PTSD. Yeah. Certain comic strips, they do it more. But you can wake him up in the middle of the night with Cracker Jacks because of his war experience. He's a sailor. He's seen hard times. <laughs> Maybe none harder than when he slept and dreamt he was a Nazi. Yeah. So. All right. That was just such a relief when World War II was all a dream. Yeah. <laughs> it was Phew. really nice. Oh my God. Just wipe that sweat off my forehead. He had some really bad edibles that night. I know. Like, what a messed up dream. Like, are you on Wellbutrin? Like, I don't... <laughs> Do you think he took some medication? He's on Unwellbutrin. Unwellbutrin. That's very good. I like a good pun. Do that you? One, that it's one wasn't just that good. you then. <laughs> <laughs> so that is De Fearhurst Face for a very special episode. Wait, and then the very last uh-huh, thing that happens yes. is there's like a big old Hitler's face. Yeah. <laughs> they, but they, well, we they replay it. the song. Yeah, De Fearhurst Face. And then a tomato gets thrown at it, right? And then yeah. the blood letters of the tomato spell the end. So remember to keep making fun of Hitler or whoever else is a fascist in power. Just poke them on Twitter until they die of a cocaine addiction or whatever. Just keep going. That's what I heard. That's what I heard on this episode. I believe it. I believe it too. Also buy war bonds. Yes. <laughs> this That's really what this is about. Was to buy war bonds. Absolutely. Historical fact. So... Uh, this is a very special episode. Ryan, where can we find you online when you're not talking about cloacas and fascism? Well, that's so rare. But, I know. Um, In I the off time. It's oesverynice.com where I have artwork on there. And that's my handle on all the social medias. Because my name is hyphenated. It's too long for it to be. Mine. That's too much information. Sorry, I'm sorry, Terry. <laughs> sorry, Terry, with a four-letter last name. That's easy to have your URL. Terry Blas with a four-letter last name. Where are you on the internet for our fans? TerryBlas.com. Oh, how convenient. Yeah, there you go. That's how you do it. <laughs> That's how you do it, people. I am Carolyn Maine, your host this evening. You may find me at www.carolynmaine.com. You may. I love you guys. Thank you for coming. Uh, we are a very special episode. You may find us at a very special episode, podcast.com, ASVPod, at Twitter, Stitcher Popping, Google Play. Thank you so much. Yeah, pretty much I'm blind and I'm bleeding out here, so we'll see how long I make it. <laughs> it's not funny, it's pretty monstrous, actually, you know. Like, oh, hey, this lady's wearing nothing but whipped cream around her knockers. This is government secrets that got me about titties. So they can hoot and holler at booby traps. Because if Hitler finds out about that ass woman, this whole war is going to hell. Look at those sweet, sweet udders. Yeah, and he's definitely fingering those nipples. I gotta get my hands around those udders. (laughs) If I had a gun, I would shoot it in the air right then. Or or you tease it, and then you go to proper gun cleaning, and then you go, then you pay it off. So, you know, they're paying attention. Yeah, boobs are awesome, right? If thou double dies, thou shalt go to hell. God, the ultimate dickhead, right? <laughs> yeah, that was this ABC on your home PC with some VIPs.
RTP, was it Austin G, Dr. DB, RAT, or the Z Money? What the heck was with that TV? This podcast is kind of funny. Excuse us all, cause we gotta go pee. That was a very special episode. We dissected that shit from head to toe. Did the time fly by or was it slow? Got so many life lessons. Oh, how we've grown. Seen so much TV that we're gonna explode next time on a very special episode.